Welcome to the Health and Wellness Show, everybody. Today is June 24th, 2016. My name is Jonathan. I'll be your host for today. And joining me in our virtual studio from all over the planet, we have Doug, Erica, Tiffany, Gabby, and Elliot. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. So today our uh, our topic is uh, heavy metals. So get the lead out. We're going to be talking about detoxifying heavy metals. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, nuclear testing, dental fillings, vaccines, antiperspirants, beauty products, environmental pollutants, uh, it, the list just goes on. Um, there are so many sources of heavy metal contamination in the modern world. Uh, it's been linked to numerous mental and physical health problems. Yet the need for periodic detoxification is maligned by mainstream. What you can do to detox heavy metals. Um, so I guess let's, uh, let's start off just a basic understanding of, of heavy metals. You might know, you know, mercury, arsenic, uh, things like that. But there are a lot of other ones uh, that can also cause problems like tungsten, nickel, beryllium, uh, even platinum. Well, Jonathan had a, had a very important quote to read. Let's hope he comes back again. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, I wanted to expand a little bit about his introduction because environmental toxicity has been completely deleted out from mainstream medicine. I think that is on purpose because it's very detrimental. And you can see like um, educational programs at medical schools, they don't include environmental toxicity to the point that if a person is extremely, you know, disabled by something like mercury toxicity, which we'll expand later on, um, a mainstream doctor will look at that patient and say, it's all in your head. It's crazy. Like, that's crazy talk, Mm. which is completely absurd because it's one of the most dangerous metals nowadays in the world and everybody's exposed to it. And it affects a lot of people in very bad ways. Yeah, and kind of going on what Gabby said, the detractors say that we can tolerate tiny amounts of chemicals. And in Sherry Rogers' book, Detoxify or Die, they talk about how these minuscule amount of chemicals that we daily ingest, absorb, and inhale, that there's no way out. And our bodies were not meant to metabolize chemicals that were invented yesterday and and this book was written what gabby 20 years ago mm-hmm. and they talk about how detractors say these are we were discussing about you know how environmental toxicity was completed you know completely deleted out from mainstream medicine you know educational programs and so forth and a little bit expanding what you were you were talking um initially and I think you were going to read a quote of Detoxifier Die. Is that right? Yes. Well, in, in the introduction of her book, um, she, in Chapter 2, talks about environmental toxins uh, stockpiling in the body and that all humans have these chemicals in storage and that, um, as you were saying, detractors say that the, there is such tiny amounts in the body that people hardly even notice them. But what happens is like a cumulative synergistic effect. So it's not just being exposed to one thing, say pesticides or flame retardants. You know, it's the combination of everything. And then you throw in the the heavy metal. Sorry about that, folks. Let's, where, where were we? Erica, did you read 
from uh, Detoxify or Die. Okay, who do you have on I, the call? I didn't hear that now. bit if you did start doing that. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's Hold a on. dismal situation. One second. Yeah. Doug, can you hear any of the other hosts? Because I can hear you, I can but hear I don't think they can hear oh. you. I can't hear anybody else. Mm. Okay. No. I can't. I can't hear. I can't hear Doug. Me neither. Can the chatters hear Doug? Doug, say something. Uh, I I cannot hear. Hello, chatters. He's not on the Skype call. Okay. Is that? Uh, Yeah. I might still be connected through SOT Radio, though. Oh yeah, it says they can hear you. That might be why I can't. Yeah, I think I might be connected through um, SOT Radio, though, not through Skype. Okay, sounds good. So let good. me try it's disconnecting the, here, and then I maybe you guys can try he's on the Skype. radio stream, and we are in Skype. That's why we cannot hear him. Maybe he can hear us. Yes, uh, he now can Doug's hear us. on the Skype. Doug, are you on the okay. Skype? I am Okay, here. now we can hear Okay, Excellent. Hey, Doug. <laughs> All right. So why don't you continue on, Jonathan, what you were saying about that article? Oh, sure. Yeah, I guess I wasn't sure where I got cut off at the beginning. Um, but it was just uh, a, uh, kind of an overview quote uh, talking about how, you know, many of us are contaminated with heavy metals, uh, some seriously, some without ever knowing uh, that there are two types. There's uh, acute toxicity, which is the consequence of occupational exposure. Um, and that usually tends to be recognized, properly diagnosed, and then treated because it's so uh, acute. Um, and then there is chronic long-term exposure that builds up over longer periods of time that often presents with symptomology that's similar to many other chronic health conditions, and so it is often not accurately diagnosed as being heavy metal toxicity. And uh, <clears throat> my question to you guys at that time was, which I, I don't think came across um, do any of you have experience with discovering that you had toxic levels of, uh, of heavy metals? Um, in, in my own personal experience, I, I have mercury fillings, which I have not yet been able to have removed. And so I've often wondered about that, but have not actually gone through with getting the, the test done. Uh, and I wondered if you guys had ever had a, uh, like a heavy metal panel done. Uh, well, I have had my panel done. Um, I used to have 26 mercury fillings, wow. amalgam fillings. Yes. Wow. Basically wow. on my teeth. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> and I removed them years ago. Um, but as experience and research suggests, if you don't do something about heavy metal detox, like you will have problems. This stuff gets deposited in your tissues. And actually, there are studies which show that mercury is detected in the pituitary gland in less than a minute after placing an amalgam in teeth of test animals. Mm. So wow. if you have mercury, yes, if you have mercury fillings, just, you know, you can, t- you, it's certain that that stuff, it's circulating in your brain, you know. And uh, when I initially removed them, I felt much better because I removed a constant toxic toxic exposure. But afterwards, uh, coupled with so many different factors, my health deteriorated. I did several heavy metal detox protocols, but out of curiosity, 
This year, I did a challenge urine test with a collator, which is called DMSA. It's basically an antioxidant based on sulfur. And it showed that I have 20 levels of mercury above the maximum permitted. And it was very discouraging, but it's also good news in quotes. That means that my kidneys... My kidneys are not having trouble in excreting mercury. I take a collator and everything gets pulled out, you know, straight to the urine. So that's mm. the good news. The bad news is, yes, the levels are extremely high. And this mm. was, you know, I removed my, my feelings. I removed them like 10 years ago, you know, something like that. Mm. Well, kind Jeez. of in, in contrast to you, Gabby, um, I have no mercury fillings. Never uh-huh. have yeah, a cavity. And... I had a hair analysis done and had super high levels of mercury. Uh-huh. And it was uh, being in the farming industry for so many years, most likely, um, you know, pesticide residue and whatnot, but also eating seaweed. And I've mentioned this before on previous shows that, um, you know, and I ate a high fish diet, big fish like tuna and whatnot. So I asked the doctor who did the hair analysis, and my husband had high levels. We also had very high levels levels of arsenic, which came from working in the soil. But um, I did the detox protocols as well and uh, got rid of a lot of the mercury. But basically, when I asked where the mercury was coming from, because I don't have the dental amalgams. He said it was from seaweed because it mm. is the, basically seaweed is like the sponge of the ocean. So it was absorbing <sighs> a lot of the heavy metals. And I was taking, it was actually like a powdered form to help with allergies. So my allergies cleared up, but I was getting heavy metal toxicity. So huh. it's kind of like, um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a hard road to travel and you don't even know where these things are coming from. You think you're taking, I was taking like a powdered, you know, type of seaweed supplement to help with really bad allergies and the allergies were going away, but I was silently being poisoned hmm. with mercury. You know, that is, that is one of the arguments um, um, for iodine supplementation instead of using seaweed, uh, iodine sources from seaweed. Because seaweed is often polluted with heavy metals, you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, according to that Crusade article we read about uh, detoxification and heavy metals, you said that methylmercury is often shown in hair analysis and inorganic mercury, like everything else uh, in the environment, comes out in your urine. So the methyl mercury he said comes mostly from like big fish. Mm-hmm. He didn't really mention seaweed, but it's probably. The same thing, yeah. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. And inorganic mercury is the one that comes from uh, um, amalgams, mercury mm-hmm. fillings. It's yeah. very toxic to the body. But apparently, according to one of the research articles we were reviewing for this show, if you some people can convert methyl mercury from fish into inorganic mercury. Mm. Yeah. For for detoxing purposes, so. right? No, 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 on a usual, no. <laughs> on a daily basis, <laughs> without detoxing, yeah. and it is important. No, but I mean, it's the body's way of detoxing it, isn't it? Not necessarily. Like, no, that sounds like a bad trait to have. <laughs> yeah, oh, even maybe the I'm researcher don't want to do that. Himself, <laughs> the 
the researcher was speculating because it was excess oxidative stress. Like he really doesn't know what, why this is happening in certain people, but it is happening. Mm. And he speculates it's uh, inflammation, oxidative stress. Mm. Yeah, there's a good yes, article for our listeners if they want to check it out. Heavy metals and inflammation may, may be a silent killer. And it talks about just what you were saying, um, Gabby. You know, when you have your heavy metal toxicity and it leads to inflammation and then important nutrients are blocked from absorption and assimilation. And it said mercury specifically blocks cofactors such as magnesium and zinc. Mm-hmm. It is pretty evil because, um, for example, it affects a lot the thyroid gland. Well, all the glands, all the body. But the thyroid gland, it is interesting because people can have normal thyroid function and they can still have uh, manifestations or clinical symptoms of low thyroid activity because the mercury is is blocking the functions of the thyroid gland, of the thyroid hormones, and that doesn't show up in in the lab work. Well, to answer Jonathan's question earlier, um, I actually have not had um, any kind of uh, testing for heavy metals. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. I did have um, electrodermal screening at one point. I'm a little iffy on that, though. I don't know how how reliable it is. So I do actually have a kit to do the um, the, the urine challenge test, um, which I'll be doing probably this week. Um, so I'll let you all know on a future episode with, uh, <laughs> what comes up with that, but I'm pretty sure that there are some metals, uh, going on because, um, when I, I never really suspected it before because I haven't typically shown much in the way of symptoms, but, um, when I started taking the iodine, um, I, I started getting a very strong metallic taste in my mouth and, you know, it would come and go, but, um, it seemed to always kind of be there to a certain extent. Like I'd be like, oh, I don't have the metal taste in my mouth. And then like later that afternoon I'd have it. So I'm pretty sure that the iodine is displacing metals of some kind, probably lead. Mm. Um, actually on my electrodermal screening test, it did say I was high in lead and high in mercury, um, higher in lead though. Um, and I know one of the symptoms of lead toxicity is a metallic taste in the mouth. So that makes me think that it's maybe, uh, maybe that's what's going on. And um, I was actually really encouraged when I read that uh, Chris Shade article because he gives a very comprehensive detox protocol that maybe we can go into a little later on. Hmm. So, what, uh, Doug, can you just say briefly, if you don't mind, what, what um, made you hesitant to, uh, to subscribe to the results of the test that you did get? Um, I don't know. I, I, I decided I wanted to try it. And I tried it, and it was giving uh, answers for both um, food sensitivities and uh, metal toxicity. And, um, I mean, part of it might just be that I didn't like the results particularly. <laughs> but um, I think, uh, I, I don't know, like, it just kind of like after, you know, I'd seen a lot of people on the forum kind of doing the IgG testing for food sensitivities and the, um, the metals testing. And, you know, the stuff that was on my food sensitivities thing was basically like everything I eat. And, you know, I would have to drastically, completely change my diet from the ground up entirely to be able to actually eat in line with what it was telling me. So, um, you know, I, I might eventually end up having to do that. But I was kind of like, I want a second opinion. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Take the IgG test, take the metals test, and kind of figure figure things out from a more 
hard science type perspective. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if it, if, if the results weren't so drastic, I might be actually trying, um, trying it out and seeing, but, uh, yeah, I kind of, I want a second opinion. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, let's, uh, oh, go ahead, Gabby, please. Uh, I was going to say it's a good idea. Um, there are several tests for mercury levels and heavy metal levels, and uh, some are better than the others. Some are more reliable, more researched. Uh, we have an article which is already quoted in the chat. Um, it's the experience of Chris Shade, who developed a test to measure like methyl mercury levels and inorganic mercury levels in your body. And uh, apparently, I don't know the cost of that. <laughs> apparently, it's very good. But um, through the years, what has been considered the gold standard, in quotes, you know, because environmental medicine has been so uh, criticized by mainstream medicine that, you know, um, it's difficult to, 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 to research these topics without, you know, falling out of grace, you know, so to speak. But the gold standard has been the challenge, uh, the urine challenge test with a collator. Yeah, the electrodermal screening is a little bit more on the woo side of things. Um, you know, you kind of hold an electrode and they, they touch the other end to your, um, to one of your, uh, meridian points, um, on your hand. And mm-hmm. then that kind of gives a signal as to what, um, you know, how, how sensitive you are to those things. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, at, at, at a point during the test, I was kind of like, what is this actually measuring? You know, what, you know, just because you're showing kind of resistance in your meridian doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually sensitive to it. Or could this change on a day to day basis or an hour by hour basis? Like, so I was, I was, yeah, you know, at at the end of it, I was kind of like, I don't know what I really have in these results here. I don't know what it's, what it's actually telling me. For what it's worth, I met a kinesiologist like uh, not too long ago. And he did a reading for me, an energetic reading. Uh, he uses a pendulum. Mm. And yes, he confirmed, <laughs> he said that I, the, the only health issue that he found on me was that I have an, a serious problem with heavy metal toxicity, <laughs> which was mainly, uh. <laughs> yes, it was mainly affecting my thyroid gland and, mm. uh, my thyroid gland and my ovary, he said. And, um, I think that's, uh, yes, he hit the nail on the head because, uh, that's basically it. I have thyroid problems and yes, and I know I'm doing this protocol for a heavy metal collision <laughs> and I'm feeling yeah. better each time I complete eat one cycle, but it is true that I still have a long way to go. Well, I was muscle tested for mercury actually by Fox, who was on our show a few weeks ago about mm. uh, applied kinesiology. And I tested negative, which I was very pleased with. <laughs> I also don't have any metal fillings or anything. And I eat not a lot of big fish, but uh, sardines and eat some oysters, anchovies. too. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. Not much anchovies. That's weird. <laughs> and I still can't figure out what a kipper snack is, but I might try one. <laughs> Well, Gabby, maybe for our listeners, you can just give a little background on what chelators are or chelators. I don't even know the proper way to say it. but um, <laughs> Chelate. Chelate. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
It's like an element that you take, and that element will bind to the heavy metal in your body, and it will carry it out, either through feces, through poo, <laughs> or <laughs> through your urine. <laughs> and um, and I think there are three uh, three pillars of detoxifying heavy metals that we were planning to discuss. But I just wanted to mention now that, yes, it has been common knowledge or it's pretty much agreed upon everybody that before you try any collation treatment, you should really, really take care of your digestive health. Like if you really have a bad digestive health, um, that's a bad idea to do any collation. You should take care of it for six months, even one year, you know, before starting any heavy metal collation. Yeah. I think it, like in more, most important, you know, if you're going to be mobilizing metals or any toxins uh, to get them out of your system, your channels of elimination need to be functioning properly. So digestion being basically the most important one, but I mean that also includes, you know, your ability to sweat um, because that's one way that you'll actually get out uh, the toxicity as well. Uh, you got to make sure your liver and your kidneys are functioning properly. Um, you know, even your lungs. Um, you you actually get rid of um, toxic stuff through the lungs as well. Not as much, obviously, as you do through uh, you know feces and urine or sweat, but it still is some way for you to kind of get the stuff out. So yeah, I think I think that's very good advice to kind of make sure you know spend some time making sure all your different uh, channels of elimination, your lymphatic system as well, is is functioning properly. And it yeah, pretty was- much coincides. It's like the same concept uh, is promoted by the Autism Institute of Autism, you know, something that's, I don't know if that's exactly the name. But basically where a lot of children with autism did their collation protocols. And as we know, children with autism often have digestive issues. So, yeah, they will spend like one year, even two years, taking care of their digestive health, eliminating gluten, dairy, and all toxic foods, um, support the detox pathways, and then they will do the heavy metal collation, and there are very good results, like really testimonials, videos of children who improve neurologically immensely, you know, that's pretty good news, considering this sad yeah. topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, have we discussed actually what heavy metals are? <laughs> I, I guess not exactly. Is is that a no? <laughs> <laughs> well, there uh, in in that article that I read from at the beginning, the, the heavy metal toxicity can ruin your health. The, um, there's a list here, uh, and some of the more commonly known ones, you know, are, are mercury, as we've discussed, lead, arsenic. Um, Perhaps some of the lesser-known ones that can cause problems, uh, tungsten, beryllium, uh, even platinum, uh, cadmium, cesium, aluminum, uh, uranium, thorium, and thallium. Yeah. And so some of these being radioactive compounds, I have to imagine that a, 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 at least a significant portion of this uh, long-term chronic uh, toxicity uh, comes from the... Uh, the presence of, uh, you know, radioactive isotopes in our environment. Yeah, from all the nuclear tests they've been doing throughout yeah. the years. Not, ne- not necessarily Fukushima, although that too. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I think one of the important things about this is, is, is to, to note that these elements don't actually have a function in the body. Um, there are a few where, you know, things like chromium and uh, manganese and things like that, where you can suffer toxicity from those, but they are actually needed by the body in, in small amounts. Um, <clears throat> but things like mercury and lead and uh, aluminum, these kinds of things don't actually have a function in the human body. And in our modern world, we're actually surrounded by it on all sides. You know, it's a component in pollution. It's a component in, uh, uh, you know, all the different uh, components for building houses and uh, and buildings and things like that as part of car exhaust. It's it's like it literally surrounds us. We're, we're wading through a soup of this stuff. And it's the first time in the history of humanity that we know of that we have been in this kind of environment where we're just like bombarded constantly with all this toxic material. So I know there's a lot of skepticism sort of in the mainstream uh, medical community about uh, detoxifying and they say, no, no, your body is perfectly capable of detoxifying. That's what it's built for. But, you know, the human body had, did not evolve in an environment like this where it needs to take on these massive quantities of, of this stuff that is incredibly harmful. So it's very mm. easy for the body to get completely overwhelmed. Um, and these detox pathways that should be functioning normally um, and getting rid of all this stuff, because it's so overwhelmed, you end up accumulating it. And um, that's really what we're talking about here is, is, is you know, you know, ways that we can kind of uh, detoxify and, and, and get this stuff out of our system. An example of how detrimental toxicity is to our bodies and using the book of Detoxify and Die to quote um, an experience um, explaining this book. Uh, for example, people with heart disease, with heart failure, patients that are candidates for heart transplantation, such as the heart failure that they have, uh, they did an experiment where they were sent home because there was simply not enough heart donors. They were sent home with a unit uh, with a therapy which is called far infrared sauna, which basically helps your body to detoxify in a very gentle way, but it helps to detoxify absolutely everything, including heavy metals. And these people who were sent home to die, so to speak, they improved their heart function to the extent that they were no longer candidates for heart transplantation. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And all they did was the far infrared sauna? Yes, to wow. detoxify. They were detoxifying, basically. <laughs> so literally, the yeah. book, it's called Detoxify or Die. It's literal. It's, it's not like um, <laughs> a symbology. <laughs> it's literal. Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to the infrared sauna being a big portion of helping me get rid of uh, the mercury toxicity that I had. Because I had a very um, poor circulatory system, cold feet, cold hands, and... I started doing it three or four times a week, and it it really helped. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it does improve your yeah, circulation because I mean, when you get in it, you notice that your heart rate increases, mm -hmm. your breathing increases a little bit. And mm -hmm. when I started doing it, I would do it on the maximum heat, and I wouldn't even start to sweat until about mm. 40 minutes into it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, and that's generally a, a sign that you're really toxic, right? If you uh, if you exactly. don't start to sweat immediately. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And did it improve, Erica? After a few sessions, did you start sweating earlier? 
Um, you know, to be honest, it took about six months. Mm. <gasps> mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But I did go back and have another hair panel done with the mercury toxicity, and it dropped by about half. Mm. So there was some. That's oh, that's good. For sure. Yeah. That's good because it's a very safe way to detoxify far infrared sauna. Mm-hmm. So what are some other ways of detoxifying? I think this is... Well, they, as we've been talking, uh, French green clay came to mind. Uh, Montmorillonite mm. and bentonite uh, are very effective chelators. Um, and I know we've talked about that on the show in the past, but uh, people could, could definitely look into into that. Um, uh, let me find the site. I think it's aytonsearth.org, uh, mm-hmm. E-Y-T-O-N-S, Earth. Um, mm-hmm. That's a site where you can get uh, clay that's meant for internal use. Also, zeolite. Zeolite. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we had an article on signs, and we'll put the link up in the chat um, about zeolite and how it's been used in Asia for over 800 years. And there's a picture mm-hmm. on the uh, show description of what it looks like a crystal, basically, and it's a honeycomb composition, kind of like a magnet, so it draws toxins from your tissues. And in the article, it talks about how it's um, basically um, it, it is hard to know how it works, but that it... Um, has a removes a limited range of toxins and uh it's made out of a natural volcanic material so its ability to absorb radioactive and heavy metals like cesium stromium 90 mercury mercury lead depleted uranium teflon herbicides pesticides and xenoestrogens and they did in the article they did some uh clinical studies, and basically it said that it safely and effectively increases uh, urinary excretion of heavy metals without impacting your electrolytes. Mm. That's Mm. pretty good. And so basically they say it's it's metallically charged, so kind of like it must somehow be like a magnet, and it uh, the crystalline structure uh, formed... From the fusion of lava and ocean water, and so it basically s- attracts those magnets. I don't know. Yeah, it said it was negatively I, yeah. charged, so I'm guessing that all the toxins would be positively charged. So it kind of draws it to it. Yeah, and then forces it. Yeah, the metals metals tend to be positively charged. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I heard most, that most it had to be- are actually negatively charged. Mm-hmm. I I heard that it had to be like the real thing, that it do, it doesn't necessarily serve its uh, the liquid form. It has to be like the powder form, so it will absorb better stuff. Am I misquoting? Not remembering correctly? <laughs> I remember reading something like that. I'm not sure. Well, it sounds like it would make sense because whatever processing that you'd have to do to turn it into a liquid form might take away some of the negative charge and decrease the infe- effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To take it in its natural form as much as possible. Yeah. I, I don't know if chatters have a Well, it sounds kind of similar to uh, activated charcoal, has- actually. Yeah, could be. 
which is powder, you know. Well, uh, this friend from the biologist, and she said that, yes, in, the, um, in that area of expertise, biologists often use zeolite, uh, the natural powder form, to detoxify, mm. and everybody swears by it. Um, there's also, I remember when we had uh, Fox on the show, um, and Tiffany, you'd mentioned doing the kinesiology mercury testing, uh, that he mentioned that he had some heavy metal toxicity in his colon, if I remember correctly, and that he took uh, chlorella mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. and that seemed to work. Yeah, yeah chlorella is a really good one. We actually had a, an article up on SOT that talked about using a combination of uh, chl- chlorella and cilantro. And chlorella mm. is a uh, blue-green algae. Um, and we uh, there's been lots of different studies on it um, because it does just seem to be this amazing thing uh, full of all these different nutrients. And, and the, the one property that it has that where it can actually bind heavy metals and pull them out of the body, uh, it's, it's a very effective chelator. And, um, yeah, there was a, a study done where um, they used – cilantro also is a very good uh, – it, it's not the best chelator, but it's very good at actually getting uh, metals out of the cells. Um, so using them in combination, what they recommend is – sorry? Mobilizing, I was going to say. Yes, Cilantro mobilizing. is good yeah. at mobilizing. Yeah, cilantro is a good mobilizer and, and uh, chlorella is a good chelator. And uh, – so yeah, there's this, this article and it's just called uh, Cilantro and Chlorella Remove 80% of Heavy Metals from the Body in 42 Days. And what they were saying in this article is that there was a study done where um, they used the combination and uh, it naturally removed an average of 87% of lead, 91% of mercury, and 74% of aluminum from the body within 42 days. So wow. those are pretty impressive results. Um, so, what they usually so recommend. Good. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so good that I yeah. went to the original article <laughs> to find out to read about the study. And yes, it's literally that it was actually a private clinic which had a product. Uh, it has a higher potency of both chlorella and cilantro than the natural usual stuff that you can get at the store. Uh, and okay. The results were very good, and they were so good that actually, like, cilantro mobilized a lot of mercury. People reported, some people reported reported to feel dizzy while doing these, while taking these products. So they added to their final product fulvic acid. They don't mm. know for sure how it works, but it works very well as collating and neutralizing all all these symptoms of dizziness and unpleasant effects from uh, from these products, and they have very good results. Just as good, you know, as the initial study. I'd like uh-huh. to make a note about chlorella, though. It's really important because my mercury toxicity came from super blue green algae. That you mm. have a clean source, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're the company that I was using, the as I talked about earlier, the seaweed supplements to help with allergies, they were being mm. grown in a very contaminated, obviously heavy metal infested lake. So it was uh, uh. absorbing all that. So it's important just to note that if you do do the chlorella to make sure, I think now they put it on the, the label that, you know, it's not being raised in heavily heavy metal waters. Mm. 
I don't yeah. know if it's propaganda or not, but I heard that chlorella sources from China were more polluted. And uh, I once met a manufacturer or, or a supplier of chlorella, and uh, he showed me his test results of his products of chlorella. He said that he grew it in India um, on an organic, but it was basically like a, a pool, but you know, it was very controlled. And yes, the mercury levels were almost non-detected. So I guess that mm. if you can... If your supplier can provide some kind of certification, that can be a good warranty. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like uh, chlorella is so good at um, collating it, binding to these toxins that, I mean, you can clean out lakes with it, you know. <laughs> People use it as a cleaning agent. <laughs> They're pool. Yeah. It's that good. So you, you do have to consider mm. that when you put this stuff into your body, you need it to be from a, a clean source. Mm-hmm. And make sure you take well, no, it yeah. away from food or any other supplements that you're taking so you don't want it to suck up all the nutrients and minerals. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, think chlorella that does that. Chlorella, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Yeah, they, they kind of have found that uh, chlorella, they call it like, a, a, like an intelligent chelator. Because it seems to chelate all the bad stuff, but it leaves the good stuff alone. It doesn't affect your um, your uh, um, electrolyte levels or or any of that other kind of stuff. So I I, I still think it's probably a good idea to take it away from food, but uh, but apparently it doesn't actually doesn't actually get like take any of the good stuff out. Huh? Because that is something that that clay will do. Uh, I learned when I was had started the the clay protocol that. Uh, you want to take it at least an hour or two away from any other supplements because it will basically just suck everything up like a sponge. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why I was I think it's always Oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say I, I, that's why I think it's probably always a good idea to um supplement with things like trace minerals uh when you're doing any kind of detox um and especially taking uh, additional magnesium, maybe zinc as well. Uh, just because uh, there, there's always the possibility, like although they found that it, that chlorella doesn't do this, um, you know, if you are taking other types of chelators and things, or even just to be on the safe side, it's always a good idea to be uh, to be replacing any of that stuff that might be taken out. Actually, some researchers insist that you take minerals before starting a heavy duty chelation protocol, uh, especially if you choose to do the heavy duty stuff. Because when you take minerals, you already start detoxifying in a mild, gentle way. It displaces the heavy metals, taking zinc, selenium, for example. Um, it's like preparing your body also for it. And also during the chelation, it's also a good idea for the reasons you just explained. Yeah. Well, that brings me to a oh. point that I've been thinking about. That Just um, just to point out, I mean, I guess this, I'm kind of stating the obvious, but... Uh, to be very careful when you're doing this kind of thing. Do do your research. Don't just start, you know, slamming a bunch of different detox agents. Find out what they do, um, how they interact with each other. Because, as we've discussed, like for instance, with cilantro as a, a, a mobilizer, you know, if you take a mobilizer and then don't have a chelator to go along with it, um, you can basically just let loose all this stuff into your bloodstream, uh, and it will yeah. cause a lot of problems. And so it's it's very important to understand uh, what you're taking. And I think that might be part of the <clears throat> the stigma 
I guess I, I have this picture in my mind of, you know, like how, you know, when you say detox, a lot of people are like, uh, well, you're probably allergic to gluten too, you know? Uh, and <laughs> it, it gets lumped in with all these other kind of things that are considered like tinfoil hat health subjects. And I think part of the problem <laughs> comes, comes from, from people who are just willy nilly, like slamming whatever they can find. Well, this is good for <laughs> yeah. me. I'm going to take a bunch of it, you know? Um, and then yeah. they're like, oh, I feel so sick. <laughs> yeah. It needs to yeah. be a science and it needs to be done carefully. Well, it, it, the industry doesn't help a lot on that front either because there's a lot of fly-by-nighters out there who just kind of come out with these products that are quote-unquote detox products and they make all kinds of claims and it really just paints the whole thing with a, with a, 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 a bad brush because it's, it's basically, um, you know, these things come out and they don't really work or they work a little bit but not in the right way and they end up making people more sick. And, you know, there's, it's, it's no wonder that you have kind of a lot of these debunking articles out in the, in the mainstream where they're like detox is BS. Like there's no, there, there's no, uh, actual evidence for any of this stuff and blah, 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 because they're seeing so much of this stuff that, that is just making these outrageous claims and is not very well researched or whatever. And, uh, but that's not to say that, you know, you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater there because detoxing is vital. But, um, you know, you really do have to do your research and find the stuff that's actually going to work. Yeah, there is very good research out there. And actually, people who have very debilitating diseases, autoimmune diseases, who don't get well with any other approach, for example, dietary changes, um, supplementation, nutritional supplementation, these people usually have a heavy metal problem. And uh, there are case studies, you know, it's hard to publish about these uh, nowadays, but information gets out there nevertheless. And if you search carefully, you will find it. People with uh, severe neurological syndromes before and after doing um, a properly done heavy metal collation, they improve, you know. So I think, yes, research, doing your homework, it's important, but also like applying the research with responsibility yourself. Gabby, maybe you could speak a little bit yeah, about uh, yeah. the iodine because I know for myself when I started doing the iodine and kind of hard and heavy approach that um, it stimulated a lot of release of yeah. heavy metals. And um, for about a yeah. week, I thought I was uh, losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very so, good point. That actually, yeah. So yes. I thought I had gotten rid of uh, a lot of the mercury with the uh, detox cocktails and the infrared sauna, but when I started the iodine, it was almost like a resurgence of all these heavy metals. Yes, actually, I was a little bit worried about this topic because, you know, if people will start iodine, you know, dive in and they will have very bad detox reactions that will be, you know, it, well, it can you can really suffer a lot from the test reactions, and um, I think also because as research suggests, iodine is like the best element to detoxify stuff like fluoride that might not be as easy easily done with other nutrients or other you know particles. It actually, like, when you take iodine, it basically displaces from the receptors all the fluoride all the bromide, all the allergens, toxic allergens. And uh, yes, 
that can create a lot of symptoms. So we talked about this on the iodine show, how it is important to take salted water and have vitamin C available and so forth. And also we spoke about the heal dosing protocol, which is basically if you're not sure how you're going to react or if you want to go to the safest approach. And basically you take one drop of glucose solution, which uh, will be in this case uh, 5%, and you mix it with 10 drops of water and you apply one drop of that final solution into the thickest, pa- thickest part of your heel. That is the topical test, basically, and see how you react to that. You know, that can be done twice per week or any other day. And if you react okay to that, you can take, you know, the oral, the oral approach. But to go into your question, yes, uh, in the forum we've ha- we have had several people reacted very badly, you know, symptoms like you had, but even worse. And um, there seems to be like uh, a lot of oxidative stress involved in these reactions. So I think that is important. It is important to highlight one of the detox, one of the pillars that we wanted to emphasize for this show, which is basically, yes, support your detox pathways, your liver, your kidneys, but also support your your glutathione levels. And we spoke about glutathione during our tobacco show. (laughs) Smoking, (laughs) Elliot was telling us (laughs) glutathione up to 80%. (laughs) I was like, wow, no supplement can do that. (laughs) Well, apparently, yes, there are supplements that can do that. For example, N-acetylcysteine, otherwise NAC for short, and uh, R- lipoic acid. It is very important to supply for this when you attempt to do some sort of protocol to detox heavy metals. So, yes. I think a good approach, um, actually, and this is something that Chris Shade talked about in uh, in his article, and I know, um, I think Erica posted that in the link in the uh, chat earlier on, Um, but he talks about the three pillars of, uh, of detoxifying. And the first step, he says, is to make sure that you have cleared all of the metals out of your gut first. Because one of the things that will happen is if, you're, if your gut is loaded with metals, um, the liver can't kind of pass on, it won't pass on more. Because it's like, oh, we're full down there. I, we, have to, we have to eliminate this a different way. And it kind of diverts things to go off towards the kidneys. Now, unfortunately, the kidneys, that, that detoxification system is quite delicate. And if it gets overwhelmed with, uh, with heavy metals, it can be damaged quite easily. So one of the first steps before you start trying to kind of upregulate your liver um, is to, uh, you know, using things like chlorella um, or, uh, and I wouldn't even start on the cilantro right away because you don't want to be mobilizing right away. You just want to be clearing out the gut. So just taking chelators. So chlorella, activated charcoal, um, zeolite, things like that, because that will kind of, or, or citrus pectin as well as another supplement that you can take. Those will kind of just kind of pull things out of the gut. They're not going to go into circulation and start pulling things out of cells. So I think doing that for a while first is probably one of the best steps. And Gabby, before you were mentioning that um, uh, people taking the uh, chlorella cilantro uh, started to feel dizzy, well, Chris Shade mm-hmm. says that if you start to feel any kind of detox symptoms, uh, bad ones, that chances are it means that your your gut uh, is still isn't cleared. 
and that you should kind of pull back on the things that are upregulating the liver, like alpha lipoic acid or cilantro or those kinds of things that where it's pulling um, metals out of the tissues and just do the stuff that sticks to the gut. So I, I think that sounds like a very intelligent approach. Um, I think it's probably a good way for people to kind of, to kind of go at first is just do kind of a protocol of chelators first. Then, you know, after a little while, you, you move into, uh, things that are mobilizing it out of the tissues. And he speaks from personal experience because this is actually what happened to him. And he's a researcher with access to specialized labs. So I thought that was very interesting. He was trying DMSA and he was doing very badly on DMSA. So later he mm. developed a test to measure, you know, like your God mercury levels, uh, methyl mercury as opposed of inorganic mercury and so forth. And yes, he came up with, with these three pillars for detoxifying, which is basically supporting detox pathways, gut health, you know, supporting glutathione levels in your body. And it actually, for me, it shows that it is a scientific approach. Because before him, other researchers were basically doing the same. Like the standard protocol in functional medicine is a lot based on that. You know, take care of your gut health first, um, Mm -hmm. support, you know, detox pathways, and always supplement with zinc, selenium, but also any supplement that will enhance glutathione. Mm -hmm. So I found it very reassuring, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Because one thing actually I ran into is that I, I noticed that, yeah, taking the, um, the iodine gave me that metallic taste in my mouth. But I also noticed after I, I stopped iodine for a while that if I took alpha lipoic acid, I would still get that metal taste in my mouth. So I, my, I, what I'm reasoning is that what the alpha lipoic acid is actually pulling metals out of the tissues and I'm still not able to actually eliminate, um, these things and they're just getting into circulation. That's, that's what I'm assuming anyway. So would you say we want to stay on the uh, <clears throat> the straight uh, gut intestinal detox for quite a while probably? Hey, I mean, for anybody who hasn't done this before, you know, even up to six months or a year, I would think, uh, you know, because you really need to take some time to pull that stuff out before you start attacking the, the, the organs and the other tissues. Mm-hmm. I and take- guess it probably depends on the person, but uh, like six months to a year sounds like a long time to me, but... That it might be necessary in some cases, yeah. If you think about it, like most people in our discussion forum, you know, they spend at least six months up to one year changing their diets. You know, first they eliminated gluten, then dairy, and then some went paleo, low carb, ketogenic, you know, and at least <laughs> several years passed away <laughs> while doing that, you know. I th- no, almost everybody attempted some sort of God healing, you know, approach before doing mm-hmm. heavy metal detox. Yeah. I think it's important to remember, too, that this is something you kind of need to stick with. Uh, it, it's a bummer. It's an unfortunate situation, but it's like one of our articles that we were looking at for the show, uh, Mercola, mentions that... Um, and Doug, you had kind of mentioned this earlier too, that the state of our world now, um, we are just constantly exposed to toxic mm-hmm. levels of some of these heavy metals. And it's, it's actually, uh, you know, unless you're really in a, uh, super rural area and living like this ultra clean kind of Mennonite lifestyle, mm-hmm. you, uh, you can't, you can't get away from them. Um, and so it, it the, 
the detoxing and the, the maintenance of your system has to be a, a constant thing that you stick with. Mm-hmm. So live. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think those Mennonites actually are still not a hundred percent safe. I don't think there's anywhere on this planet yeah. <laughs> you can go to right now where you wouldn't be exposed. It's it's just it's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Yeah, it's a really yeah. really sorry yeah. state of affairs. Yeah. Yeah, Sherry Rogers talks about it a lot in Detoxify or Die. The first fifty pages is pretty depressing because yes, if you live in a clean area and you're not exposed to pesticides, which she believes is the number one you know, toxicity exposure for most people, um, then you have it in your house. You have it in your cosmetics. You have it in your food containers. I mean, plasticizers and BPA. I mean, it's it's really, I, I see why it's called detoxify or die. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, and that book is actually old compared to what yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's gotten much worse ever since. And there's actually yeah. such things that, as nanotechnology right now, which brings a good yeah. point uh, that Sayer G from Green Med Info, he's a great advocate of, you know, toxicity at molecular levels, at very low levels. Levels. Because the environmental medicine or, you know, the mainstream um, organizations which measure toxicity will say, oh, no, um, there's no problem until you reach this, this, and this level of lead, mercury, or whatever. But actually, um, he has researched, Sayerji, he has researched to support that very low molecular levels can be actually more damaging because it can feed on the um, molecular structures of your cells and make a bl- uh, block in function or or something similar. And that's why, you know, for example, that's why mammograms are so damaging as well. The radiation exposure from mammograms can be more damaging for that for that reason as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're always coming up with new stuff to poison us with. It's pretty mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> well, and then when chemical regulation starts to come out or try to come about, which they've been trying to do in the United States for the past 40 years, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, all these companies, oh, it's a small effect and it's not that big of a deal and it's, you know, below this parts per million or whatnot. But as Sherry Rogers talks about in Detoxify or Die, it's the synergistic synergistic aspect of all these small things that create basically a chemical cocktail. And some people have better detoxification pathways, other people do not. Um, it's extremely concerning for children that are being born now because we're seeing brain issues, intellectual issues. It's like they're born pre-polluted. So their chance Mm -hmm. of, you know, and then you inject the child with vaccines and you feed them a standard American diet and it's just a uh, medical patient for life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that synergism thing is, is something that, you know, that they, that it doesn't get looked at. Um, you know, anytime they're doing a study on a toxicity of something, they are isolating that one toxin and studying that and seeing what the effect of that is. And then they'll say, oh, it's okay to have this much in your food or, or wherever, whatever the, your, your exposure is. But nobody is saying, well, how does that stack with 
these other thousand chemicals that are we're surrounded with. You know, is there any synergy between these? Do the does one magnify the effect of another? If somebody is already damaged from this toxin, does does this new toxin present a more a, a more extreme um, effect? It's like it's something that they just don't look at. So it's it's like it's willing blindness, basically, like putting blinders on um, and and just com- keeping yourself and the public completely in the dark. Well, and a lot of the tests mm-hmm. are done by the corporations themselves that make the product exactly so they're not gonna give you the the whole enchilada so to speak it reminds me of a quote from um, sound truth and corporate meats this is a book actually about the exxon valdez oil spill which was way Mm. before the gulf oil spill this is like very old stuff and it's by Mm -hmm. ricky ott which is uh involved in environmental you know research and she says i believe that much of the environmental science is being held hostage by powerful interests vested in oil petrochemicals the audio industry and other corporations that grow rich on polluting our commons the air water soil we share freely it is not in corporations' best interest to have science educate society about the true risks the threat to life on earth caused by side effects of their businesses. So these corporations buy scientists, university professors, and others to spin counter stories, create public confusion, and stall unfavorable policy changes. And this was a long time ago, I mean, and it's very true. That's why, like, mainstream medicine doesn't recognize environmental medicine, you know, which is, Mm -hmm. like, the key, the solution for a lot of out there is basically toxicity. It's absurd, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It totally Instead is. They absurd. prefer to blame it on smoking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which increases glutathione. Or, <laughs> well, I'm going to go or out genetics. on a limb here and say it's a total conspiracy theory, right? <laughs> they just keep putting all this toxic crap out into the environment because, you know, big pharma and medicine make money off of it. Why not? It's a perfect business model. Mm hmm. Yeah. I actually agree with you. I think by design, it keeps people like totally like like zombies, um, sick. They cannot think for themselves, and you know, and it basically fits the the industry, big pharma. It's a big business, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always Which, have uh, trouble with oh. with the idea that there's some sort of mastermind at the top of the pyramid who's pulling all these strings and controlling things. I think I personally think it's just a, a a side effect of living in a polarized world. Basically, if you have a bunch of people who are only pursuing their own interests and uh, going for the dollar wherever they possibly can and uh, doing all these things that we're talking about, I think it's just a side effect that it, it just it, it ends up looking like it's something deliberate, but it's just it's just kind of the way it is. But I, I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> No, I think that's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. gone off the off the rails. You know, you have uh, yeah. a a confluence of uh, of irresponsible actions by um, corporations and people alike. Um, you know, and then the uh, the cumulative effects of uh, the the diet and the environment. Uh, you know, in the media and all of that, contributing to a lack of uh, critical thinking and the ability to um, you know. Uh, live wisely and make good choices 
Um, and it just kind of keeps building and building upon itself. Yeah. Um, well, but there are some things, uh, you know, that you can do about, um, heavy metals, which we've talked a little bit about some of the detox protocols. Um, but I think, uh, um, this might be a good time to go to the pet health segment. And, uh, on that point, when we come back, uh, Erica has a very simple, uh, detox cocktail, uh, for us, um, that you can put together and that will be our, our recipe for today. Um, but for now, let's go to Zoya's, uh, pet health segment and then we will wrap it up when we come back. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Pet Health segment of the Health and Wellness Show. My name is Zoya, and today I would like to talk to you again about the importance of detoxing your pets and how you can do it. Many health problems in both pets and humans, chronic or otherwise, are caused by day-to-day exposure to toxic substances, such as chemicals and other molecules that are foreign to the body. These toxins accumulate in the body over a period of time, often over many years. Toxic exposure is a contributing factor to cancer, cardiovascular diseases, strokes, and neurodegenerative diseases such as Parkinson's or Alzheimer's diseases. Environmental pollutants stockpile in the body contributing to the chronic diseases. Now consider how much smaller our pets are. It most likely takes a much smaller load of toxins for our pets to cause problems. Additionally, as they, for example, cats uh, groom themselves, it's, e- it's easy for them to ingest any environmental toxins that may accidentally cause in- uh, come in contact with their fur and paws. Studies have shown that our animals are exposed to hundreds more toxins and at higher rates than humans. In general, drugs are metabolized more slowly in animals, the fetus, infants, and the elderly. And let's not forget about GMO. GMO foods in livestock has been shown to damage virtually every organ. Do you have a dog who is overweight and hypothyroid? Well, you probably know by now that starch-based diets aren't very digestible for our carnivore pets. Giving a daily dose of thyroid supplements may not succeed in nourishing the thyroid or improving its health and function either. But detoxing can substantially help. If your pet has the FLC syndrome, it was coined by Mark Hyman, uh, it's a feel like crap syndrome, then his or her thyroid hormones might be blocked. What are they blocked by, you wonder? Toxins, of, of course. It's possible your pet is experiencing the hypothyroid state and FLC um, syndrome because his metabolism is slowed way down, which, which in turn makes it difficult to burn fat. And if he does burn calories from fat, well, it means that you've released the toxins stored, sometimes making the FLC syndrome worse. What's more, toxins also damage hormones that regulate appetite control. Leptin, a hormone that tells your brain that you are f- uh, that you are full, can be blocked by heavy metals. In practical terms, how do we help the body to get rid of toxins? First, stop the toxic load. Eliminate or decrease any environmental toxins in the food, air, water, ground, and food bowls. 
Secondly, support the body to naturally detox uh, via liver, kidneys, gut and skin. These organs already know how to keep us clean. With a little help for the, from uh, supportive elements, they can do the job even better. The body uses four of its systems to detoxify itself. The four systems are liver, most complex detox organ, all able to detox thousands of substances. Gastrointestinal tract, best at removing solid waste. Skin, it's the largest detox organ. And kidneys, best at removing water-soluble toxins. Now, a little bit more about liver detox. A healthy liver might be able to detoxify many toxins, but considering the volume and types, it's better if your pet can get a little help. Helping the liver do what it already programmed to do can reduce symptoms of allergies, weight gain, fatigue, skin disease, chronic constipation, arthritis, chronic infections, gastrointestinal issues, headaches, depression, anxiety, autoimmune disease, and quite likely the free radical damage leading to cancer. The liver can use nutrients readily available in a balanced fresh diet, but in these toxic times, this may not be enough. Adding a something called liver formula to the diet can make the work easier. Simple B vitamins like folinic acid or folate, B12, niacin or B3, riboflavin or B2 can start the process. Also, amino acids, antioxidants such as vitamin A, C, and E, trace minerals, selenium, copper, zinc, manganese, uh, bioflavonoids, and silymarine uh, or milk thistle. Here's how detox in the liver works. First, the liver takes fat-soluble toxins such as prescription drugs, chemicals from agriculture, food additives, household pollutants, and normal metabolic wastes in the first phase of detoxification. This phase is called activation phase. Toxins enter the liver, go through chemical reactions using the nutrients listed to become more water-soluble, and then excreted, uh, excreted through the urine of feces. If there are plenty of nutrients to support the second phase, uh, which called the uh, detoxification, the process moves along smoothly, and those fat-soluble chemicals uh, we have stored so nicely in our fat tissue become water-soluble and are excreted. If there are not enough so, uh, nutrients, if there are not enough amino acids such as glycine, taurine, cysteine, methionine, uh, NAC, and glutamine to support phase 2, the detox pathway is blocked and uh, toxic intermediates clog up the system. If phase uh, one toxic intermediates don't move down the don't move down the line, the situation is even more toxic than from the original exposure. There must be a balance of phase one and phase two nutrients for detox to be smooth and effective. You are probably wondering if your pet is already on a wholesome, uh, wholesome raw food diet. Why to use supplements to uh, help the process? As uh, this is the same question many nutrients are asking. Uh, if our solids are depleted, if our soils are depleted of nutrients, really how well nourished we are. We might be calorie rich, but nutrient rich, uh, nutrient poor. If we are nutrient poor, 
uh, toxic detox functions don't make the grade. It's no different for pets. Providing good groceries and clean supplements can go a long way to nurturing optimal liver function. Use these products for about one month, off for a few weeks, then um, on again for about one month. If your animal has any symptoms that worry you, stop the detox. Some uh, discharges make you naturally nasal eyes, ears, but the animal should feel fine. A more serious detox reaction, uh, like uh, Herzheimer's type, like flu-like symptoms, can result from inflammation due to release of endotoxins as bacteria die off. Back off on the detox in such a case and things should correct itself. Vitamin C should be the most important uh, antioxidant for the liver. Even though dogs and cats produce their own, a little extra help during a toxic exposure or a cleansing uh, period. Milk thistle is most well-known substance of liver support for both humans and animals. It is said that ancient Rome used plenty of this substance. Silymarine protects uh, the liver cells against toxins and their oxidative effects helps regenerate liver cells and stimulate protein synthesis. Many herbalists suggest it uh, not to be used unless there is an acute exposure and for short periods only. And many formulas also contain this herb with vitamin C for added antioxidant help. Now a little bit about glutathione precursors. Glutathione is the most potent antioxidant made by the body, important for both phases of liver detox. Cats cannot make glutathione in large amounts, leaving them vulnerable to um, acetaminophen or Tylenol toxicity and death. It's estimated that up to 45% of liver diseases in dogs is caused by low glutathione levels. Neck or N-acetyltestein and alpha-lipoic acid serve as precursors for its production in the body. Neck can also fight infections and alpha-lipoic acid can help regulate blood sugar and insulin levels. Now, amino acids. A high-protein diet usually ensures the body of these uh, protein-building blocks, but a little more will ensure adequate adequate detox flow. If your formula has taurine and glycine, even better. The B complex uh, vitamins are needed to produce energy, a lot of energy, for the detox process. Specific B vitamins, particularly B6, B12, folate or folinic acid, but not folic acid, are involved in methylation uh, that happens during the phase 1 detox. Use a B, B complex unless there are in your detox formula. Now, flavonoids, there are beef bioflavonoids such as from citrus, uh, grape seed extract, green tea, uh, also important food-based uh, nutrients that are be- best used as part of the detox combo formula. Now, a little bit about gastrointestinal system. This system is involved in a multitude of critical functions such as the storage and breakdown of food, production of hormones and bile for digestion, and the absorption of nutrients and vitamins. 
The GI system provides immune protection against uh, bacteria with antibodies and against parasite invasion with acid production. In addition, it is the primary producer of serotonin, helping to maintain psycho-emotional well-being. The microbiome, also known as the intestinal flora, is a complex, fascinating organism. In humans, it can have up to 100 trillion organisms. How many animal micro- microbes is not known, but these microbes outnumber the cells in our bodies and are vital for optimal function. Now, adding a healthy mix of friendly probiotics and their lunch, they otherwise called prebiotics, either daily or weekly, can nourish the family microbiome. You should include various families of Lactobacillus, uh, Bifidobacterium, and, if possible, the friendly yeast, uh, Saccharomyces uh, baulardii. Now about the skin. Because of the skin's enormous surface area, exposure to toxins is great. Using a loofah sponge on a dog or cat isn't practical or very user-friendly, uh, and you can't also put your dog or cat in an infrared sauna. Just remember that your pets only perspire through the soles of their feet, while humans have sweat glands all over the, most of the body. Nevertheless, they can detox through their pores without sweat. A stimulating and soothing detox bath will do wonders in this case. So, how often should you bath your pet? For indoor-outdoor pets, a minimum of four times a year, possibly more depending on toxic exposure, age, health, and diet. Once a month is probably, um, once a month is probably necessary for pets who walk on, on the asphalt and play at heavily used parks or country dogs who are always into something unspeakable. Always bathe into spring to open the pores and release the dead hair uh, during shedding time. And every fall to ease the second shed of the year. Too frequent bathing can destroy the natural oils, so also overdoing it is not good. But too infrequent, puts, uh, too infrequent baths also put stress on the skin and body. Now, the last organ is kidneys. Kidneys are very efficient at keeping everything that needs to stay in the body, like red blood cells, amino acids, glucose, minerals, and some water, while toxins are allowed to pass through. This filtration system can happen up to 70 times a day, so really little needs to be done and to improve kidney detox unless there are problems with the kidneys or bladder. If your animal has kidney dysfunction, a detox bath is a requirement, not an option. When the, when the kidneys cannot filter out protein waste products, but filter out too much water, the hydration combined with toxic waste buildup uh, make for a very ill animal. Here are a few ideas. Make sure your animal is drinking adequate water, but don't go overboard adding a lot of water to a raw food diet. Cats are originally from the deserts of Persia, and now Iran, and are by nature not big water drinkers unless they are on dry processed uh, foods or have uh, kidney disease. But adding small amounts of water to any animal's food 
during the driest uh, times of the year and during the detox will ensure that the kidneys are flushing. So that's about it. Uh, small changes continued over a long period will create enormous benefits for your pets. Unfortunately, the environmental exposures to chemical toxins cannot completely be avoided. Fortunately, it is possible to reduce your pet's exposure, especially by the choices you make. Feeding as much uh, organic, clean, natural food as you can, uh, as you can will, enhance, will enhance the body's amazing ability to detox uh, safely. So this is it for this week. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend and goodbye. <laughs> Thank that you, Zoe. That was really, yeah, great information there. Mm-hmm. I didn't knew cats came from Persia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Mm. Very cool. Well, um, Erica, do you want to give us that recipe for the uh, detox cocktail? Yes. So as we've been sharing throughout the show today, this Detoxify or Die by Sherry Rogers. Um, she talks in the book about, you know, how we don't, if we don't detoxify, we slowly, silently stockpile in our bodies toxins forever. And when the total load reaches a critical level, we have a symptom and eventually a disease label. So she recommends what's called the simple detox cocktail solution. And um, you can have it once or twice a day. And it revs up both phases of detoxification. So as Zoya shared in her pet health segment, there's phase one and phase two. And it's actually really simple. It's a heaping teaspoon of vitamin C powder, pure ascorbic acid powder. She also gives companies that are uh, reputable sources. Uh, and then 300, 600 milligrams of lipoic acid. Four to 800 milligrams of glutathione. And she says her favorite form is reconstitat. And uh, have this with one to two big glasses of water. So she goes on to say that not only does the detox cocktail help detoxify and get rid of all sorts of environmental insults, but it also helps dump our stored heavy metals like mercury. This also happens once you have caught up and don't have any other chemicals currently to detoxify. Science, scientists have shown clearly that environmental chemicals in the bloodstream oxidize our burn holes in our genetic material called DNA. This genetic ch- damage from environmental chemicals leads to changes that cause cancer and other diseases. Glutathione and ascorbic acid have been shown to protect against this. As well, a dose of 4 to 6 grams of vitamin C a day can cause tenfold elevation of the natural killer cells in 78% of the patients. So natural killer cells are our first line of defense needed to fight off infection as well as cancer cells. So it's a win-win situation. There's no way you can lose by the daily use of a detox cocktail. Mm, I'm going to make one right now. I feel inspired. Yeah. 
And I can attest to that it works. As I said earlier, when I was getting rid of mercury, I did the detox cocktail twice a day in addition to the infrared sauna. And so did my husband. And he had excellent results with getting rid of mercury as well. So just a personal testimony. Anyone else have the cocktail? No, I haven't. No. I was going to ask if it was tasty. Yeah. <laughs> About as tasty okay. as I Let's add some to it or something to make it a little tastier. Yeah, so for our listeners what? and chatters, you can find that recipe on page 50 of Detoxify or Die. Hmm. Cool. That was good. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks for the chat participants for um, helping us out with uh, some of our technical troubleshooting there. Um, and uh, we will be back uh, next Friday with a new topic. Be sure to check out the uh, SOT Radio Show on Sunday at noon Eastern time, uh, and you can go to radio.sot.net. Uh, if you are in a different time zone, the time will be shown there on that page so just check out radio.sat.net on Sunday Um, and thanks again everybody Uh, we'll see you next week have a great weekend bye everybody bye bye guys bye bye